The Bible Study Podcast, episode 606. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Mark with chapter 14. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to start chapter 14 today, but I do not expect to finish it. There are 72 verses in chapter 14. And I did find myself wondering, why did Mark put so many verses in one chapter? And then, of course, I realized that Mark didn't add in any of the chapters, any of the verses, nor any of the headings that we use. Those were all added later. Why did they, why did the people who added in the chapters break it up this way? I don't know. But this particular chapter will start with Jesus in Holy Week, and it will go to Good Friday, but not all the way to Jesus' crucifixion. And again, we're only going to do part of that today. Jesus anointed at Bethany. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money, so he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Two thoughts in there, the woman and Judas, and we'll deal with the woman first. And as Jesus said, whenever the gospel is preached, whenever the gospel is told, this story of her will be told. We don't know anything about this woman. That is, at least that we don't know anything else from this woman from Mark's account. Mark and Matthew tell this same story and put it in the same place at the same time. John doesn't tell this story, but tells one that looks very, very similar, but that happens the day before Palm Sunday. So it happens six days before Passover instead of two, but it again is a pound of nard and a woman who is anointing Jesus' feet and people saying, why don't we sell that for the poor and leave her alone, you'll always have the poor. So it's a very similar account. The one difference with John's account is the people who were saying, why didn't this get sold? The people are Judas. And Judas, we learn from other places in the gospel, kept the money and was skimming from the money. And so was Judas mad that this money didn't go into their coffers and therefore he could have stolen a little of it? We don't know. Was it just wasteful and other people were complaining? That certainly seems likely as well. Do the two stories have anything in common? Is the fact that Judas is mad at this woman, 
whether it be Mary or someone else, because that's the account that John tells us six days before Mary, the, the sister of Lazarus anoints Jesus' feet with a pound of nard. And then Judas gets mad and then goes off to betray Jesus. We don't know if they're the same story, if it happens twice within a week. It certainly seems very similar. And I'm going to do an unusual thing. We're going to talk about John's account a little bit before we talk about Mark's. This is happening in Bethany, and the one thing we have to remember that is we don't get it in Mark's account, but Lazarus was raised from the dead recently and in Bethany. And we're told by John that so many people are coming to believe in Jesus because of Lazarus that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, plan on killing him as well. And that there's this party going on, and Lazarus is sitting at table with Jesus, and this woman comes up to anoint his feet. We understand when this woman is Mary, because this woman would be someone who has been given back her brother, someone who loved Jesus, and someone who is putting this love into an expensive, ridiculous, extravagant gesture. In Mark's account, we don't know who the woman is. Again, we don't know if this is a different time. There's two different dates given. Or if this is repeated, maybe because this other woman saw Mary do it. We don't know. But again, we have this extravagant, over-the-top, ridiculously wasteful act of love. And whether it's Mary because of the her brother coming back, or what this woman in Mark's account, why she loves Jesus this much, we don't know. Is this someone who has been forgiven much? Could be. Is it someone who was given much? It certainly seems likely. But it begs the question of, do we love Jesus so much that we're willing to do extravagant, wonderful, over-the-top, even wasteful, things to show our love for him, this woman, whoever she was, was. And that's why Jesus says this account will be told of her, because it's notable, it's remarkable. The Last Supper. On the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at table, eating, he said to them, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, take it, this is my body. 
Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So Jesus goes to celebrate Passover, and Passover is something that in this time and until modern times has been celebrated faithfully. If we look in the Old Testament, they were very unfaithful about celebrating Passover, but after the time of the exile, they got very religious. They got very good at remembering these forms, at least. And so all of the disciples would likely have celebrated Passover every year. So that's why they asked Jesus, where are we going to do it this year? It's just what you did. Ask your Jewish friends, it's it's what you do. Uh, even if you don't celebrate other holidays, even if, like a Christian, you're an Easter and Christmas Christian, you can easily be a, a Passover Jew. And so it was expected that you would celebrate Passover. It's a enjoyable, if you've ever been to a Seder, it's a very interesting meal, and it has a form. There are, I believe, four cups of wine, different times where you take a sip of wine during the meal, and then you'll talk about what happened as God delivered his people from Egypt. You'll have different types of unleavened bread, for instance, and you'll have the the bitter herbs that you'll dip in the salt water to remind you of the tears of the people of Israel. You'll have the sweets that will remind you of the mortar that was used in the bricks that they built the cities in Egypt when they were slaves. So there's, there's an expected form that it takes. And I would encourage you, if you can, to get to a Seder sometime because you will understand better what now for us becomes communion or Eucharist or the or the breaking of bread in a Sunday service is reminiscent of this Last Supper, but the Last Supper had a very different form. The Last Supper was about God delivering his people. And of course, when we do communion now, when we do the Eucharist, that is again about God delivering his people from sin through Jesus, this sacrifice. In the Passover, there was also a sacrifice. There was the sacrifice of the blood of the Lamb. A lamb without blemish is slain, and then in the original account, its blood was put on the doorframe of the house, so that the angel of God, when it came to deliver the last and the most brutal of all of the plagues, the killing of the firstborn, would pass over these houses that were marked with this blood, that they would not be condemned to death. Similarly, the blood of Jesus saves us from the death that is due with sin. There are many different places in the Bible where lambs, uh, the sacrificial lamb where Jesus is called the lamb, all through the book of Revelation, for instance, he's referred to as the lamb who was slain, the lamb who was the sacrifice. And so as Jesus is changing this meal in the middle of it, so he takes a cup of wine, and they know what he's going to say, but that isn't what he says this time. Instead of talking about how God saved his people before, he takes this cup and says something very, very shocking. This is my blood given for you. This is my body 
given for you. I am the sacrifice this time that death may pass you over, that you may be saved from your sin. And so he changes this meal, this very special meal, into a different special meal and a different covenant. And so this is a very significant moment that they won't quite understand until a week or so from now. Until Sunday. This is Thursday night, and there's a lot more to come this week. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful devotional and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.